Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. My name is Lee, and this is episode 15, chapter 15 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, content warnings will be in the episode descriptions, and please let me know if there are any that I missed. Okay, so chapter 15, Christian comes over to discuss soft limits with Anna. And he sees the books that she packaged up for him with the with the quote and uh, comments on them. And we're just starting right away with the first the first quote that I'm going to read. Page 251. He says, trust you to find something that resonates so appropriately. It's also a plea, I whisper, a plea for me to go easy on you. I nod. I bought these for you, he says quietly, his gaze impassive. I'll go easier on you if you accept them. Yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> like, come on. Don't try to fucking bribe this woman to do what you want. That's not how a healthy relationship works. It's not like a transaction. It's not, you can't just bribe your way into getting your way. That's, that's manipulative at best and like toxic and abusive at worst. He goes on to say, you see, this is what I was talking about. You defying me. Um, no, a submissive expressing that something makes her uncomfortable is not defiance, it's setting a boundary, and it's a conversation that you need to have in good faith and come to ready to listen. I want you to have them, meaning the books, and that's the end of the discussion. It's very simple. You don't have to think about this. As a submissive, you would just be grateful for them. You just accept what I buy you because it pleases me for you to do so. No. 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 Once again, not how this works. Not how being a submissive works. Once again, he clearly just sees his submissives as, like, dolls to shower with affection and dress up however he wants and read whatever books he wants them to read, and in return, they'll, like, fuck him whenever he wants. And that's not what BDSM is. That's not what kink is. I'm sure there are submissives out there who would love that arrangement. Personally, I love being spoiled. I love getting gifts. Once someone knows me well enough to know what to get me as gifts, if I had a rich sugar daddy who was also my dom and I was also madly in love with, fucking perfect. Beautiful. Living my best life. But that's not Anna. She is so uncomfortable with these lavish gifts and these expensive purchases, and that's something that Christian needs to be willing to hear and needs to be willing to take seriously. And oh look, we've already stumbled on one of the recurring themes of this chapter, which is Christian just completely breezing past Anna expressing discomfort at something, not taking her feelings seriously, not taking her worries seriously, not taking her attempts at setting boundaries seriously, which is all a huge fucking problem for entering into any relationship, let alone a kinky one. Let's keep going. Oh yeah, he's still not done yet. <laughs> he On page 252, he says, I will buy you lots of things, Anastasia. Get used to it. I can afford it. I'm a wealthy man. Again, her comfort, her happiness in this relationship is important too. In fact, it's essential for it to be a healthy, balanced, consensual relationship. You, It's not all about you, Christian. It's not all about the dom. It's not... Like, the, the dom 
does not just get carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they want, whenever they want, no matter what. That's not what being a dom is. (laughs) There are boundaries. There are, you know, there's consideration of your submissive's happiness and comfort and likes and dislikes and boundaries and consent and all of that good stuff. And within all of that, then the dominant gets to do whatever they want whenever they want. But there's a box put around that. I talk about the box a lot because it's important. And that box is made up of all of those boundaries and consent and all of that that I just mentioned. So Christian insists on them, like, chatting a little bit before they get down to discussing the soft limits. Christian asks Anna what she wants to do for work when she moves to Seattle. Have I mentioned that she's about to move to Seattle? I don't remember. Whatever. She's moving to Seattle now that she's graduated. So she's she's kind of vague about it. She's like, yeah, I, I have interviews at a few, a few publishing houses, but she doesn't want to tell him which ones because she's afraid that he will use his power and influence and money to, like, get her a job there or whatever, which, um, knowing what I know about Christian and knowing what I know about this series, good instinct. Absolutely correct. Also, giant red flag. Like, if if you're hesitant to tell your partner about that big of a part of your life because you're afraid of them overstepping their bounds and, you know, she literally uses the phrase undue influence, run, is all I can say. It's, that's not good. That's not healthy. That's, that's exerting a huge amount of power and control over your life outside of the bounds of any reasonable kink arrangement, any reasonable DS dynamic. The thing about kink is that I don't want to say it's not real life, because of course it is. Anyone who participates in kink knows that it can and often does influence your real life in terms of all kinds of stuff. And that's, I don't want to like list a big long thing here because that's not really the point that I'm trying to get at. But like, of, of course it is. It's part of your relationship in real life. So of course it's going to influence your real life. But the power imbalance, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to explain what my thoughts here in a way that makes sense. We'll see. Let me know how I do. The power imbalance in a DS dynamic has to be somewhat made up in order for it to work. Like I've said before, when you're out of scene, when you're out of headspace, In my opinion, things work best when you're equals, when it's a democracy, when you both have equal say and equal influence and equal power in each other's lives and and in your shared relationship. The power differential has to come from a mutual consensual agreement. The submissive is agreeing to give up power within that box and the dominant is agreeing to take on power within that box. Where things get iffy is when that power differential strays outside of that box of kink and into, you know, things like the dominant using his vast wealth and influence to get his submissive a job. Like, that, to me, is not super healthy. It's not ethical kink. And the fact that there is that massive power imbalance in every aspect of your life, in every aspect of your relationship, makes it much easier for the relationship to become manipulative, to become toxic, to become abusive, makes it much, much trickier for a truly healthy, consensual, you know, equal exchange of kinky DS power to take place. 
I hope that all made sense. <laughs> anyway, Christian, of course, gets pissed off when Anna doesn't want to tell him where she's interviewing for, which is also a red flag because, like, bro, you are not nearly far enough into this relationship that you can just, like, demand information about where she's working, what she's doing with her life. Like, she still gets to keep that shit secret if she wants to. She rolls her eyes at him, and he threatens to spank her, and she's thinking, why is that hot? Anna, it's because you're a brat. I am fully convinced of this headcanon at this point. Anna is a brat, she just doesn't know it yet, and Christian's definitely not gonna let her find out, because he clearly has no fucking clue how to deal with brats. So they finally start discussing their soft limits. Meanwhile, Christian has been like continuously like he brought champagne over to celebrate her graduation and like every time she drinks most of it, he's like, do you want some more? Do you want some more? Do you want some more? And it's uh, like, Christian, you should know better than this. You're the practicing lifestyle kinkster. Like this is not a discussion you want to have under the influence of any kind of mind altering substance. This is a huge, really important decision-making that you're trying to set up right now in this negotiation. You want to do it fucking sober. That's just my opinion. Um, so then the first time she comes across something on the list that she doesn't recognize, he laughs at her. Bad start. Then she's anxious to ask questions after that. And then he gets pissy at her, like, he apologizes for laughing at her, and then, like, they move on down the list, and she's like, hey, please don't laugh at me again, I have another question. And he gets, like, pissed at her, he's like, I've already apologized, don't make me do it again. Like, bro, sit the fuck down. You're gonna apologize to her as many fucking times as you have to to make her feel safe. Because, especially with this dynamic that you've set up, where you're like, you made her sign a fucking NDA, and you're not letting her talk to anyone about kink except you, like, you have to, you have to make it a safe space for her to ask questions. Yes, even very basic questions. Yes, even questions that seem a little bit stupid from your perspective, because the way you have set this up, you have to be not only her dom and her mentor, but also kind of a sex educator for her because she is coming to this with so little experience and so little knowledge about anything having to do with sex, sexuality, kink, sex toys, any of that stuff. Like, she is at the point where she is not familiar with the concept of a butt plug. And that's fine. Like, that's... Everyone started that way at one age or another. Like, that's- I'm not judging her for it, but Christian sure as fuck is, and- and that's not great. And the fact that when she gets nervous about him laughing at her for not knowing something, which would make me fucking nervous too if I'm already taking this huge leap of faith into something that I am kind of scared of and I'm not sure if I want to do, but okay, let's try it. Like, and then I ask a question and someone, like the person I ask it to laughs at me like, bro, I'm going to clam the fuck up. I'm not going to feel safe asking you a question ever again. Like, and that's not a good mood to set for this. It's, it's just not. Page 259. They're talking about pain. And she's like, do you have to do it? He says, yes. Why? Goes with the territory, Anastasia. It's what I do. Uh, not good enough. Not nearly fucking good enough, dude. 
pain, pain play, impact play. Do you have to do it? No! The only acceptable answer is no! The only other acceptable answer is I have to do it. It's a deal breaker. It's an essential part of my kink life. If you can't, you know, play with pain with me, I can't be in this relationship. I'm sorry. And then that becomes another conversation. But it comes with the territory. Oh, it's just a BDSM thing. Oh, it's just a kink thing. No! No! Not a good enough reason. Not at all. If you don't have to play with pain play for your own sake, and your submissive does not want to do pain play, don't fucking do pain play! It's as simple as that! But once again, here he is just fucking breezing past her, her boundaries, breezing past her discomfort, breezing past her requests within this negotiation that is supposed to be both of them agreeing on what they both want to do in this fucking relationship. But it's Christian, so he's gotta have it his way, or he just loses his fucking mind. Oh yeah, and then she's like, he, he mentions that canes hurt the worst, which is somewhat subjective because pain is subjective, but he says canes hurt the worst and she's like, okay, we could, can we just, like, can you not cane me? And he's like, no, we'll work up to it. Once again, no! Like, you can't, like, she doesn't want to do, she doesn't want to be caned, so don't use fucking canes on her. Like, at best, just say no, like, it's as easy as, okay, fine, I won't cane you. And then in a few months, if you notice her like eyeing the canes or like asking for more and more intense pain, then you can bring it up again and say, hey, do we maybe want to rediscuss this limit? Do we maybe want to try caning? But there's no reason, there's no fucking reason to insist on using this specific impact implement if your sub doesn't want to. Oh, it just keeps getting better. The Christian hits just keep on coming. So Christian says he is willing to try some of the more traditional romance that Anna has expressed desire for as long as she accepts the car he just bought her. <sighs> There's so much to unpack here, and I've, I've said all of it before. I've said all of it before in this chapter, but we're saying it again because it's worth saying again. So she was already uncomfortable with him buying her expensive books. She had already said to his face, I am happy with the car I have. Please do not buy me a car. What does he do? He fucking goes out and buys her a car because he is convinced that if some, like, if a pedestrian looks at her car wrong, it's going to explode. I, I just, I have zero sympathy for him because, look, sorry Zoe, I'm putting you on blast for a moment. My partner used to drive a car that was about as old and beat up as Anna's car is described as being. Like, it fucking sucked. And, and my partner knows it, so I, I think, I hope she'll be okay with me saying this on air, but, um, it was a shitbox. And I didn't go out and buy her a new fucking car! Like, I mean, okay, partly because I couldn't afford to, but like, like she's an adult and I trust her to be smart enough to make that risk assessment for her own damn self as to whether this car will meet her needs or not. It's just taking away so much of her agency that she has not agreed, she has not consented to giving up. 
And that's not being a dominant. That's being manipulative. That's being controlling. That's stepping over the line. Also, you didn't think we were done with this moment, did you? Because also, he went out and bought her this car knowing that she was going to have a problem with it. And he did it anyway. And that's some asshole behavior right there. And so knowing that she was going to have a fucking problem with it, he found leverage he found something that she wants that he can hold over her head to make sure that she accepts this gift because otherwise she doesn't get the kind of relationship that she wants. He just gets the kind of relationship that he wants and her desires and her needs be damned. Like that's holding her entire, their entire relationship hostage so that he gets his way. That's like beyond fucking words. That's that's so abusive, that's so controlling, that's so manipulative, that's so all of the words that I've been saying this entire fucking time. Like, that is like monumental douchebaggery. Anyway, he like takes her outside to show her the car and she's like, oh my god, Christian, I can't believe you fucking bought me a car. And he gets pissed about that, of course, because of course he does, because he's Christian. And they go back inside and he's all pissed and Anna says, you scare me when you're angry, which is not a great place to be in when you're trying to enter into a relationship that involves discipline and punishment. Like, in scene, if your dom is in scene mad at you, and you're in scene scared, that can be fun. But again, there, it's, it's that there has to be a little bit of pretend in the, in the kink to make it healthy, to keep it healthy. Because once you are scared of your dom in real life, that completely undermines the trust that you need to have in them to be able to submit to their punishment. You know, to be able to trust that what they're doing is in fact what's best for you and that they do in fact have their best, you know, your, your best outcome in mind and that they're not just going to take out their anger on you and, and you have to, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. You have to trust them before you can safely submit to a punishment from them and if you are actual IRL out of headspace, out of scenes, scared of them when they get angry, like how can you ever possibly trust that they're going to punish you appropriately and that they're going to respond appropriately to any kind of situation as your dominant. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm not like, my words are gone. It's been a long day already. Like you can't for real be scared of your dom. You can like play pretend to be scared of your dom, but if you are for real scared of your dom, that's not good because, you know, Christian himself has said, BDSM, it all comes down to trust, and boy, ain't that the fucking truth. But he then does absolutely fucking nothing to show himself as trustworthy or to try to gain Anna's trust or to show that he, in turn, trusts her enough to be an adult human and, and participate in this fucking relationship. So... Just this whole fucking relationship is being built on a foundation of sand and, uh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is going to be another short one, maybe, because then they just spend the rest of the chapter fucking. Not much to say about that, except that Christian, like, playfully is, is like, okay, you be in charge now for a little bit, and Anna really enjoys it, and maybe she's a little bit switchy, and once again, 
Christian is not going to let her explore that, which is not great. Like, he is just indoctrinating her into the role of good, obedient, submissive before she even knows if that's the part that she wants to play in King. You know, my headcanon of her being a brat aside, like, she just has so little experience with kink, with different roles in kink. There's, there's no way to know that she'll be fulfilled and satisfied being the good, obedient, submissive without even giving her the option of exploring other roles or even other ways to be a submissive. And that's not to say that you can't know what you want until you've experienced everything because, like, me as a pansexual person, having not slept with every gender out there and knowing that I was pansexual even before I had slept with anyone of any gender, like, yeah, of course you can know what you want without having experienced it in person. But, like, again, uh, uh, using the analogy of pansexuality, like, what Christian is doing to her right now is kind of what society did to me for the first... 16, 17 years of my life where it was just bombarding me with messages of like, you are straight, you're attracted to boys, so therefore you are straight. As a, as a girl who's attracted to boys, guess what? You're fucking straight. And I was just, it just never occurred to me to even like explore these feelings that I was having for women because it was never presented to me as an option to be attracted to men and women. And, you know, then when I grew up more and learned more about genders, like other genders as well, you know? And it wasn't until like almost my entire friend group in high school was some form of bisexual that I was like, oh wait, shit, yeah, girls are hot. So, and it's the same thing here, like, Christian is not giving her the- he's not even presenting as an option other ways to be a sub, you know, the the option of being a brat, the option of being a switch, like, shit, the option of being a dom, who knows, maybe she'd enjoy that more. I don't know, she certainly doesn't know, and Christian's not gonna let her know, and- and that- he's just closing her in this little cage of trying to shape her into this perfect little submissive sex doll that he wants, and that's not... Every single time I try to describe what's happening in, a, in an unhealthy way, I end up just being like, wow, doing that as a role play could be fun. This is the fucking problem with kink. Um, no, I'm kidding. But no, like, as an actual model for your actual relationship, that's bad. That's all I gotta say is that's bad. Like, If you're going to present yourself as her only option for knowledge, you have to allow her to expand her horizons, not just box her in. Anyway, that's chapter 15. Thank you so much for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash leecartist. And you can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. This podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. And be sure to check the episode description for the spellings of all of those links. Speaking of which, you can find this podcast's Patreon at that last All My Links link, where you can support me monthly in return for some fun exclusive content, and because I am trying my best to survive under capitalism, the more money I make off of this, the more I'll be able to keep it going. (laughs) Keep the gray train rolling. What's wrong with me?
If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com, and if you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, and like I said, I'm trying to survive under capitalism too, so I get it, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. Or tell a friend, write a blog post, etc., etc., whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast would be so much appreciated as I bonk into my mic stand. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. Incidentally, I don't usually mention this, but you can also find his Tumblr link in the episode description. Go check it out sometime. It's great. Until next time, remember your rack that's risk-aware consensual kink. Bye bye And then there's also... Fuck, I forget what else I was going to say. I feel like I'm turning into Dr. Evil. No! Zip it! Until next time, remember your rack. That's, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that again. What did my voice just do?